Today's title is Good Vibrations. Good Vibrations. I was tempted to sing the, the Beach Boys song. But since my family's here, I will not. But uh, you, you uh, <laughs> praise God. You've heard me sing. I, I take it. But anyway, uh, I am so excited about the message today because um, uh, words is what I'm going to be talking about. But I felt like I need to establish uh, a foundation just a little bit, and I probably should have preached on authority, a whole series on that. But I have preached it in the past. But um, you know, people, there, there tends to be sometimes the word police. You know what I mean by that? If you say something wrong, somebody will just throw you under a bus and everything. And, and I don't like that. And, uh, but at the same time, I want you to know that words are extremely powerful. And uh, I'm a kidder. I tease around. And there's some, uh, many times that I say things. And I don't mean it. And, you know, how many know that the Bible says in Psalms that God laughs? So I'm pretty sure that uh, he, he's okay with jokes and teasing and having fun because he laughs and he created me. So I know he has a sense of humor. But anyway, I, I just believe that God wants us to enjoy life. But having said that, I want this message is going to, to show you that our words are vitally, vitally important. But this is the problem about people who know about how words are important, and that is... Knowing that when you say something, you really believe it. You really believe it. And by that, I mean, uh, there's been times that uh, I have, I believe we have authority over our body. I believe that uh, we have authority. There's nobody uh, that has greater authority over your body than you. Than you. And, but there's been times I've, you know, and I, I'll get into this a little bit more, but you know, you have a pain in your foot and you speak to that. I believe and speak to that pain in Jesus' name to leave, in the name of Jesus. And it doesn't leave. And so you think, well, that didn't work. Well, the biggest, there's several things that could not, I'm not, this, let me just say this. This is not to bring condemnation. If you ever feel guilt and condemnation in this church, you, you thought wrong. You should never feel guilty or condemned, period. <clears throat> All right, we'll move along. But uh, I remember uh, for the last two years, I've had some tremendous victory in, in the realm of healing, but I've also had some defeats. I remember there's been several times that a cold would come upon me, uh, and I would resist it, and I would speak to those symptoms, and I'd say, no, I'm, I'm not having this. And... I would have victory over that. But uh, last year, I got a cold. It was slappy upside the head cold and horrible. And uh, so you say, well, what do you do in those times? You still believe what you believe. You keep believing that the Lord, your father, is a good father, and he wants you well, and he's given you authority. He has given you authority. And so if you are going to know about words, the first thing you're, you need to know is that your authority. You need to know your authority. And Luke 
Chapter 5, or chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, it says this, Luke 9, 1 and 2, he called, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And a lot of people think, well, that was for his disciples. And John says, if you continue my word, then you my disciples indeed. So we are God's disciples today. And he has given us, he's given you authority. He has given you authority. A lot of times people will pray to God and ask Jesus to do something when all along he said, I've given you the power to do it. I've given you the authority to do it. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, is one of my favorite scriptures. It said, Behold, I give unto you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all, everybody say all, all of the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. So he says, Jesus said this, first of all, he says, all authority has been given unto me. That's what Jesus said. Then he turns right around and says, I'm giving this authority to you. So instead of us praying to God about doing something, God expects you and me to do something. All right? If I, if I told you this illustration, I am going to tell you this illustration. I don't know why I said that. Let's say Jesus was right here in physical form. Physical form. Everybody knew it was Jesus. This is Jesus standing right here. And he, say there's something wrong with your body. And he said, would point to you and say, this is what's wrong with you. You are healed in the name of Jesus. That, that sickness is done. It's gone. The majority of people in here would go, I am healed. Jesus spoke this over me. I am healed. I receive that. Praise God and you'll be healed. All right, let me take it one step further. Because you believe in the authority of Jesus. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can see Jesus spoke, and when he spoke, things happened. All right, so now let's take Jesus and put him inside of you and me. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So you and Jesus are one. So now, you and I need to renew our mind to believe that when you speak, it's not really you speaking, but you need to believe that it is the Christ in me that is speaking because when Mike speaks, my authority is not very powerful at all, you know, unless I'm talking to my dog. But... Uh, it, he will listen to me. But you need to understand that it's Christ in you that's doing the speaking. So it's not Mike speaking. It's Christ in me that's doing the speaking. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So we need to concentrate on our authority. Renew your mind. Think about that. I mean, you look, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You read the book of Acts and the disciples, how they uh, had miraculous things that happened. Why? Because they believed. What I'm teaching today, that God has given you authority. He's given you authority. But you got to believe that. Because if you don't, when you say something to your body or to your situation, you think, well, I just, well, that didn't work. Well, you probably didn't believe it. But when I believe it, I believe it, it's going to happen. His words in my mouth are just as powerful as his words when he walked on this earth. You have to think about that. You have to believe, man, 
All authority has been given. It, the authority of Christ is in me. I have power to speak. And when I speak, things listen. Things obey. Things hear me. About over 10 years ago, it may have been, I'm not for sure how long, I was going through the Barnes & Noble, and I came across this book, What is Inside the Cork? And um, it wasn't a Christian book. I wasn't in the Christian section. It was in, I don't know what section it was, but it wasn't spiritual book. It was, it was a book that when I started reading this book, it, I mean, it was like a PhD talking to a kindergarten. I was reading this. I, was, <laughs> I thought I was going to set the sprinkler system all smoke started coming out. It was powerful, man, and it was so far over my head. But it, I thought when I was reading this, I said, this is what the Bible talks about, how things were created. He was talking about what was inside the cork. And inside the cork, he said, there is something that is so small that if you took, I believe, let me see if I can remember it right. He said, if you took uh, an, an atom and blew it up to the size of, the, of our galaxy, the string inside the cork would be the size of a tree on earth. That's how small it is. So it's, I mean, it's so small. But he said these strings are like rubber bands that are vibrating. And I got a two-minute clip I'm going to show you, and it'll help explain it, and then we'll go in detail. Imagine I have a beautiful tree that's filled with oranges. And I ask myself, what is the orange made of? How do I answer that question? Well, I want to look deeply inside the orange, so I magnify it. And I magnify it again, and if I keep on doing it, deep inside, sooner or later, I begin to see molecules come into view. But molecules are not the end of the story because the molecules, I can enlarge them. And if I make them big enough deep inside, I begin to see atoms. Atoms are not the end of the story, too, because we have electrons zooming around the nucleus, deep inside, mostly empty space in the atom, but deep inside, we see the nucleus. So if I grab that and magnify it, I see that the nucleus is itself made of particles, neutrons and protons. And if I grab one of the neutrons and magnify it, I find yet further particles, little tiny quarks inside. Now, that is where the conventional ideas stop. String theory comes along and suggests that inside these particles, there is something else. So if I take a little quark and I magnify it, conventional idea says there's nothing inside, but string theory says I'll find a little tiny filament, a little filament of energy, a little string-like filament. And just like the string on a violin, I pluck it and it vibrates creates a little musical note that I can hear. The little strings in string theory, when they vibrate, they don't produce musical notes. They produce the particles themselves. So a quark is nothing but a string vibrating in one pattern. An electron is nothing but a string vibrating in a different pattern. A neutrino, nothing but a string vibrating in a different pattern still. So if I take all of this back together, I have my ordinary orange, and if these ideas are right, they are speculative, but if they are right, deep inside the orange or any other piece of matter, 
is nothing but a dancing, vibrating cosmic symphony of strings. That's the basic idea of string theory. So you got it? This is why it's so vitally important. In the beginning, God spoke. He created everything by speaking. And those strings are literally vibrating from a voice. From a voice. Everything, this chair, everything you see is moving on the inside with a string vibrating because everything on this planet was created by God speaking. When he spoke, created the trees, he spoke, the dirt was there. How did he create man? The first thing that he did, he got a handful of dirt, which had his voice was in the dirt. And he creates man in the image of God, that our body has these strings that are vibrating all throughout it. And the thing is, everything, they I, I've read in, into much more detail, even gravity itself, though there's nothing there, there's strings in gravity that create nothingness. I know, it gets deep, so deep that there's a time when I go, okay, I'm done. But uh, my point is this. You know the story of when Jesus and his disciples were going into town, there was a fig tree he saw afar off, and the fig tree had leaves. Well, in Israel, if a fig tree has leaves, it has figs. The Bible says it was not the time of figs, which meant that it wasn't fig season. But if a tree has leaves, it's supposed to have figs. So Jesus goes, hey, there's a fig tree that has leaves. It's got figs. So he walked up to it, and when he got there, there was no figs. So he cursed it. What did he do? But he cursed it. He spoke to it. He spoke to that tree. And as the tree was there, the disciples walked by. Nothing happened as far as they knew. So they go into town. They spend the night in the town. The next day, they're coming out of town. They walk right the same path of the same road. And that fig tree was there. And this time, though, when they walked by, the tree was deader than a doornail, just dead, dead. And the disciples got so excited then. Jesus, master, the tree that you spoke to is dead. He didn't go like, well, what do you know? No. There's two different times uh, that story is told in the gospels. One time it says it died immediately and the next time it says it died the following day. So which one is right? Both. It died because he spoke to the roots, and though you could not see it, the roots were shriveled up and dead, and it took 24 hours for that to manifest. Why is that so important? There's been so many times in my life that when I speak to my body or I speak to a situation, it doesn't look like anything happened. And if you have that kind of, it come to that conclusion, then you are throwing away your faith when you say, oh, it didn't work. Guess what? then it didn't work. But we need to be like Jesus and say, it died when I spoke to it. It didn't manifest as far as you seeing it for 24 hours, but it was dead. Jesus didn't get so excited the next day. He knew it was dead the previous day. Everything is listening to you. Jesus spoke to a fever. Peter's mother-in-law, 
He really loved his mother-in-law. He, Jesus, he had him pray for her. So that's true love, you know. <clears throat> that was a joke. <laughs> Not allowed to tell mother-in-law jokes in church. Anyway, Jesus had Peter, or Peter had Jesus pray for his mother-in-law, and Jesus, the Bible says, spoke to the fever. And the fever must have hurt him because it left. My point is, even a fever has those vibrating strings that are listening. Everything on this planet was originally created by God, by his voice. Listen to me. By his voice. And so, therefore, everything is subject still to his voice and will obey his voice. And so if you believe you have the voice of Almighty God inside of you, you believe that he is in you, you believe the word of God that when Christ uh, and you become one, in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, you become one. Therefore, when you speak, it's the same as Jesus speaking through you. You say, well, I don't believe that. You're absolutely right. I don't remember if it was Edison or somebody who said the man who thinks he can do it and the man who does not think he can do it are both right. Because the man who thinks he can do it will do it. And the man who thinks he will not or cannot do it, he will not be able to do it. So this is what I want to get in our hearts. I want you to believe 100% that you have, first of all, authority. And your authority is not based upon you doing right, being right, and just having the most Christian experience you possibly can happen, have, and therefore that's why you have authority. No, you have authority because God has given it to you, period. Amen. Not because you're good, not because you're bad, not because you're, you're, you're skinny, fat, you're this, you're that, or whatever. Not because of anything, it's just because God said, I'm giving you all authority that I have, he says, all authority has been given to me. And he turns around, Luke 10, 19, he says, behold, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. So you know what that tells me? What you say about your life, hold on to your chair because you're going to think like, oh, what kind of church did we go to? What you say about your life is more powerful than what God has said in the word about your life. Because what you say about your life is what's going to be manifested, not what God has said about your life. God says this about you and me. He says, you have been made. Romans 5.19 says that by one man we all became sinners, but by another man we all became righteous. So therefore, you know, people will quote, you know, that uh, my righteousness is filthy as rags. And so they believe that and they quote that. Your righteousness is this. It's you and me trying to get right with God by our own means. That's your righteousness and it's a stench to God. God's righteousness is that he makes you righteous because of Jesus. So, you can do one or two things. You can say, oh, I'm just a worm. I'm my righteousness is filthy as rags, and, and, and that will be your mentality. 
Or you can say what God says about you, that you are righteous. So you go around and saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I've been made the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Whatever I set my hand to will prosper. I'm healed. I'm whole by the stripes of Jesus. I've been made whole. I've been made whole because of Jesus. You can say those things, and now what Jesus has said about you becomes what you believe about you, and you speak it with your mouth. Now, you and Jesus, the same words, have the same power and the same authority. It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. And when Jesus speaks to things, it knows his voice. Why? Because it was created by God. Every vibration, every string, everything on this planet was created by the voice of God. There is nothing on this planet that doesn't have that vibrating string. Even things you cannot see, the air, gravity itself has something in it that's vibrating because of God's creation. We have to get a hold of this. Let me just back up one second. I I love to kid If you know me very much at all, you know I love to kid. I love to have fun. You know, and there's a lot of people that uh, they they can't handle a pastor who who gets funny in the pulpit, which I don't understand that. It's because, like, you you want me to be something different. And there's some preachers that are different. I'm kind of what you see is what you get. I'm from Kentucky, and my English won't be. If you're visiting today, you will find fault in my grammar. I've been married to a grammar expert for 30 years. My wife is the expert. She was trained in school by the British. She knows how to talk. I took her to Tennessee when I first got married, and she said, on the way home, she said, I thought the Beverly Hillbillies was fiction. She said, Lord, have mercy. What have I married into? I said, you've already signed. We're married. For death do us part. This is good. I mean, that's why I didn't take you there before you said, I do. Anyway. (laughs) How did I get on to that? I don't know even why I said that. But anyway, there's a familiar scripture in Mark 11, 23. Mark 11, 23 says, it talks about... Whatever you say to this mountain, you can say, be removed, be plucked up and cast into the sea, and you believe in your heart and not doubt it, you will have whatever Jesus says. Whatever you say, you're going to have whatever you say. You're going to have whatever you say. But this is a problem, you know, I know some people are the word police, and so if you say anything, not Christian or whatever, people say, well, you shouldn't be saying that, you shouldn't be saying that, and I understand that. But at the same time, this is the problem. It's not really a speech problem, it's a heart problem that needs to be renewed by the mind problem. Because if I'm thinking right, I'm believing right, and if I'm thinking right and believing right, I'm going to say right. You know, because I hear people, I can spend five minutes usually with people, and I know where you're at. And I'm not going to sit there and go, you know, you shouldn't say that. You know, you shouldn't say that. You know, you really shouldn't say that. And sometimes it's like nails on a chalkboard. You know, when people go, oh, I'm just, I tell you what, I, I'm just always sick. And I just, it's flu season, you know, and I'm going to get the flu. You're going to get the flu. And, you know, you can say, 
whatever you want, but I mean, you're going to get the food if you just keep saying that. So this is what I want to do as a pastor and as a friend. I want to get your mind renewed so you will think right, so you'll believe right, then you'll start speaking right. Don't get me wrong. Now, there's another approach, okay? There's another approach on the other side of the coin is this. You can speak even though your heart's not there, maybe your mind's not totally renewed to it, but you're speaking from the point that you're trying to get your mind renewed and you're trying to get your heart established because faith comes by hearing. So you say, this, I know that I'm not really believing this, but you know what? I'm going to say this, you know, because I'm the, if you're struggling with something in your body that's sick or whatever, you say, you know, I just, man, I'm having a hard time. But if you can keep speaking it, faith comes by hearing and you can get your mind right. You can speak what God says about you to where the faith arises up to where you will start getting your mind renewed. You will start believing right. Now when you speak, it's one who has authority. You will only see results when you understand authority and that when you speak, it's going to obey you. Jesus spoke to that fig tree and it obeyed him. Why? He says, I know I have authority over that. Jesus spoke to a dead man. The dead can hear evidently fevers can hear evidently being crippled can hear evidently a blind man and I got even a better one a deaf person who's deaf you say well they can't hear oh yes he can those eardrums are listening the body is listening everything is listening everything is listening and it's listening to you and to me you know, Caroline Leaf, uh, the book, um, Switch on the Brain. Thank you. I told all of you all to read it years ago. Hopefully you did. But she says this, that your DNA has literally on and off switches on the inside of you. And that they're voice activated. What? Yeah, I know. Your body is so complex. Man hasn't even figured out everything about your body. I mean, you know, and people say there's no God. Really? Really? But anyway, the, your body's listening to you. It's listening to you. Especially you. You can talk to my body or what all to your blue in the face, and you can say, I mean, you know, I'm just gonna curse you. I'm just gonna do this. You, yeah, I, it has it's Teflon. It's gonna slide right off of me. It's gonna slide right off of me. But my words, now that's a different story. My body's listening to my words. And your body's listening to your words. So you need to make sure that what you're speaking lines up with what God says about you. Now, there's people that says, well, I don't believe in all that healing stuff. It's going to be true for you, just like it's true for me, because I do believe in it. You're too late to try to convince me that my father does not want me well, that my father does not want me blessed. As a matter of fact, he went to the degree that he already paid for my healing. He already, he already paid for me to be blessed. It's paid for. I've got paid for written all over me. I don't have to pay for it. He paid for it. Isn't it great when you go to a meal? Somebody comes up to you. There was a couple of months ago, we, my boys and I, we went to Cracker Barrel or whatever. And it looked like. College kids, girls, there was about four of them at this table. And I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying this. I went up to them, and I thought, 
about my boys being in school and, and everything and kids that are away from their parents or whatever. And, and I know how college kids need money. So I just went up to him and I put, I, I put up a lot of cash on there. I said, you know, this is just, pay, I want to pay for your, for your meal. And they looked at me weird, strange, like, are you some kind of weirdo? You, what do you want? And I, so I left real quick so they wouldn't think that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to spend time with you. I'm not gonna, I don't want anything. I just want, hey, hey I'm God. I'm not. So anyway, but this is the thing. When you get something paid for, you just enjoy it a lot better because you realize, I didn't have to do anything for this. Do you understand when it comes to your healing, to your prosperity, to everything, God says, I have done this for you. You don't have to work to get healed. You don't have to be good enough to get healed. It's because I've done this for you. But listen to me. What he's done for you, listen to me, is not greater than what you are saying about yourself. You go to the mountain. He says, you will have whatever you say, not what God says. That's where we mess up. Well, if God wants me to have this, he'll make sure that I have it. No, 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 no. He's already done everything to make sure you have it. I said he's already done everything to make sure you have it. Now, instead of you going to God to talk about your mountain, you go to the mountain and talk about your God. You say, God's inside of me. The words that I speak are not my own. They are the words of Almighty God. And when I speak, they have authority. My words can cause a crippled man to, to rise up and walk. My words can cause a deaf man to hear. My words can cause blinded eyes to open. You go, I just, I don't, I don't know. That's all right. This is one of the reasons, as a pastor, I'm doing this for myself as well as for you. When I preach, I'm listening to myself preach. And so I know this. You take one of those big aircraft carriers. I mean, they're like, they have over 5,000 people on them. It's a floating city. How many know that, you know, if they want to do a 180 and go the opposite direction, they don't, they don't do like a speedboat. I'm into that now because Melody and I rented wave runners when we were in Branson. It was cool. About threw her off. She screamed. It was fun. But anyway, you can turn those things on a dime, man. I mean, it's fun. It's okay, honey. It's just water. But anyway, when you get in an aircraft carrier, that ain't so. I mean, when they say, okay, turn us 180 degrees, it's not like, and you start, it looks like nothing's happening. It looks like nothing's happened. But he's turning. He's turning. It takes a long time to turn that. My point is this. When you speak, there are times that it seems like it may take hours. It may take days, it may take weeks, it may take months. To some people, they keep hearing it and keep hearing it, and then all of a sudden, Pastor, what you spoke today, I get it. And if it's only the 145th time that I've said that, but the 146th time, they got it, which I'm, I'm not going to get discouraged because it's taken me sometimes thousands of times to God. When I read something, he's telling me, he's telling me, he's telling me, I'm going, I'm the Bible guy, head guy, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, I don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't understand it at all. I'm doing the Bible. 
but it's okay. Your heavenly father is so loving. He's so patient and he's so kind. He's such a great father, just like any great father. He goes, I know you're not getting it. I'm going to tell you 10,000 times more. And I don't have a problem telling you 10,000 times. He will tell you. He will tell you. And he will tell you why. Because he wants you to get it. He's not going, listen. This is the last time. You ever said that as a parent? I'm telling you, this is the last time. That's a lie. But anyway, but anyway, you, you, Jesus is never going to say this is the last time. Somebody needs to hear that right there. Jesus will never tell you this is the last time. He is more patient than anything that you could ever dream or think of. He's more merciful. That's why the Bible says his mercies are new. Every single morning, they're there waiting for you. Why? Because he wants you to get it more than you want to get it. He wants you healed more than you want to be healed. He wants you blessed and prosperous more than you want to be blessed and prosperous. And he's just going to keep working with you. He's just like that aircraft carrier. He's going to, it may take some time, but it's worth the turn. It's worth the time. God wants you to know that he is going to work with you. There is Rudy... Rudyard Kipling, he said the most powerful drug on the planet are words that are used by mankind. One person said that uh, the words that you speak are like loaded pistols. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. The Bible says that. If you do not like the victory that you're having, listen to the words that you've been speaking. This is not to condemn you. This is to inform you. You need to be informed. People say, well, what you don't know can't hurt you. It can kill you. It can kill you what you don't know. People think their words, it doesn't matter. Listen, you're framing. The Bible says that God framed the earth, the world, the universe, everything with his words. You and I are doing the same thing. People say, uh, I can tell where you're going to be and what you're doing by listening to you talk. You frame your world. What you speak today is framing your world from tomorrow. If you sit there and say, I just can't get a good job. I can't just make money. Chaboom, chaboom, the two by fours are going up in your house. You're building something. The problem is what you're building, you're not going to enjoy or like. Oh, I tell you, my marriage just stinks. I'm telling you, my husband, he just comes home. He just sits on the couch when he gets home. I'm just slob city. He's just this. And, or my wife, I'm telling you what, she's just... Chaboom, chaboom. Two by four studs are going up. We're building something every day. You're building something every day, whether you like it or not. You're building about your body, your feet, you know, and I know it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I kid about people, you know, being old. I know people say, you know, when you just get old, you can't hear anything. And people go, what? What'd you say? I didn't hear you. And it's funny. And if you're being funny, that's fine. But listen, listen to me. If you're swallowing that hole when you get old, you're supposed to lose your sight. You're supposed to lose your hearing. You're supposed to lose your, your, your strength. You're supposed to. I, told, I tell my wife this all the time. You know, I love to drive. I drove on that road trip 15 hours. I drove every mile. It's not because, you know, Melody doesn't want to drive. I just want to drive. I love to drive. Everything. 
whether it's a wave runner, it's a plane, it's a car, it's a truck, if it's got something that can be steered, I like doing that. And so I told her this. I said, if I live to be 95, when I'm 95, I'm going to be driving just this good. You know, when you get old, you, people, you know, you're driving, and somebody's driving 15 miles an hour at a 50 mile an hour speed, and you, and you go past them, and you think, okay, they're really old, and, I, and okay. It, I'm not okay with that. When I'm 95, I will pass you and put tread marks on your nose. You understand? And you're going to say, who was that masked man? You will never know because you're in my rearview mirror. <laughs> Listen to me. Don't whatever you accept, that's what you accept. You don't have to accept everything. When sickness starts coming on your body, you don't have to accept it. Uh, you know, you're, you're supposed to get a, a cold every year. Then you will get a cold every year. You're supposed to get the flu. It's flu season. You're supposed to get it. Then you will get it. But you're too late to tell me I've fought off too many things that I've gotten victory over it. I refuse to accept it. I'm not going to have that. I'm not. I'm not. And man, and that, it's, okay, then the cold doesn't usually just go, oh, okay. No, usually it's just like, okay, here we go. We're in the ring, you know. It's going to go 12 full rounds. But you have strength to go 12 or 13 or 15. But you can win no matter how long the battle. I win. I win. I win. I win. Why? Because it's not me. It is Christ in me. You have the ability to fight. Listen to me. You have the ability to fight off every sickness that ever will come across your body. If you don't know that, you just, oh, you get a symptom? Oh, I'm catching a cold. Oh, why did you catch it? Somebody throws something at me. If I don't want to catch it, I just go, whoa. You can't make me catch a ball. My boys can throw a football, you know, and I, throw, I can just go. You don't have to catch it. But if a cold comes, I've got to catch it. I've just got to catch it. You're going to catch it. Are oh, you hearing me? Listen, this is not to condemn you. This is to inform you. You don't have to catch everything. Every bad news that comes on, there's a recession. You know, Pueblo, I'm telling you what, just, there's drugs are happening and people are losing their jobs. You can say, I'm not catching it. I'm not catching it. Oh, listen. Jesus said this about, my time's up. Jesus said this, God said this about the Tower of Babel. You know what, really good. Bible said, there is nothing that they've imagined to do that will be kept from them. Why? You and I are powerful beings, and we don't even realize it or know it. If your imagination, if you can start picturing and seeing something on the inside of you, it can be manifested. Your imagination needs to start being, you need to start using it more and more. You need to see yourself. Can I say something not be offensive? If you want to lose weight, if you keep looking in a mirror going, oh, you're so, oh, my God. Or you can look in your imagination and say, I see you fit and healthy. 
Are you listening to me, buddy? You listen to me right now because I'm speaking to you, buddy, and I know you're hearing me. Okay, we'll talk about something else. All right, but anyway, my point is you have the ability. Jesus said there's nothing that they've imagined. You can start getting your imagination so powerful that now, listen, you can know when you've got it too because you'll speak as one with authority. I just hope, I hope I don't get sick this year. I hope I don't get the cold. I hope I don't get the flu. I hope I get a good job. I hope, I hope, I hope. Or you can say, I know. I know. That's one with authority. All authorities inside you and me today. You don't have to ask for it. You don't have to beg for it. You don't even have to fast for it. You don't have to pray for it. It's already in you. Now you need to come alive and renew your mind that it's in you. Once you get your mind renewed, once you know, once you believe, and once you get it renewed, now you will speak of one that the, the, the Pharisee, the religious people said, he speaks as one who has authority. I wonder why they said that. Because when Jesus spoke, man, he says, you know what? That dead person, I'm speaking to it to come alive. Boom, he comes alive. He speaks as one who has authority. That same ability is inside of you and me today because of him. Because of him. I'm telling you, start meditating. Dream about it. Think about it. See it. See it. Just like the Tower of Babel, man, they said, God said, nothing will be restrained from them. Nothing. Let me read some scriptures to you. Real quick, Proverbs 18.20. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Let me skip down to Proverbs 21.23, the passion. Watch your words. Be careful what you say, and you'll be surprised how few troubles you'll have. You should just get a pad and a pencil, start reading Proverbs, different translations, and just start copying notes. It will change your life. You start thinking. Listen, most of us, we just say things, and we, oh, it's no big deal. First of all, you're revealing what's in your heart, number one. Number two, when you speak things, something's being built every time. Boom! Studs are going up. And I'm not talking about this stud. I'm talking about... Some of you all were getting way too serious, so I had to say something. That was the funniest thing I've said all day. I like to say that's the truest thing I've always said. But anyway, Psalms 34.12. Y'all quit laughing right now. Psalms 34.12. What man is he who desires? Listen to me. This is everybody. Who desires what? Life and longs for many days that he may see good. Who wants a long, good life? Am I talking to the right good? I mean, the right people? Everybody wants a long, good life. This is what he says. Keep your tongue from evil and lips from speaking deceit. The Bible talks a lot about perverse talking. I didn't really catch a hold of that. You know what perverse? I studied it real easy in the Greek, in the Hebrew. You know what it means? Crooked speech. Contrary speech. What does that mean? In other words, speech, God says some, has said things in his word about you and me. When you speak contrary to that, that's perverse speech. In other words, if God says you're the head, not the tail. That's what you are. You're above, not beneath. Whatever you set your hand to prospers. That's what God says. But if you say, but if you say, I just can't prosper. I can't get a good job. 
That's perverse speech. You're going contrary to what God says about you. The thing is, what you say is more important than what he has said. Because that's what you believe. Man, I know that sounds like, what? This is why we need to get a hold of this. Because we need to be saying what he says about you. 1 Peter 2.24, you are healed. Not going to be. Not when you get to heaven even. You were healed 2,000 years ago. You were prospered 2,000 years ago. You were made the head and not the tail. Now, anything that goes contrary to that speech is perverse speech. And the sad thing is, it will be true for you and me. But if we start speaking, renewing our mind, and establishing in our heart. Let me read Proverbs 4.20. This, I'm six minutes over. Proverbs 4.20. I didn't preach last week, so that's okay, right? Proverbs 4.20, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. They are life to those who find So if you don't find them, they're not life to you. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. So life is going to come from the inside out, not from the outside in. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. That's what he's saying. Man, make sure you don't talk contrary to my word. Don't talk contrary to what I've said about you. I said you're blessed. And what God has blessed, no man can curse. You can talk all kinds of badness to me. I'm going to put a curse on you, Pastor. I'm going to do this. When I was in Africa, people used to say that. They used to say, Pastor, when you clip your fingernails, don't just leave them away. Make sure they get in a garbage can because they'll pick them up and then they'll put it. If there's anything on your body, they'll put a curse on you. I look at them. I say, I will take my fingernails to them. <laughs> they go, what? I, I said, nobody can curse me. <laughs> they will be wasting their breath. You cannot curse what God has blessed. You cannot. I truly believe that. They go, Pastor, don't shh. Don't talk like that. No, I'm going to talk like that. They are the ones that need to hear this. My words and my mouth are more powerful than any other word. I'll say it again. Your words... And your mouth are more powerful than any word that can ever come against you or say against you. People you say, you know, they're talking bad about me and they're talking and it's just terrible. Not really. Unless you agree to it. Then it's really terrible. But you can talk, I mean, people talk bad about me every sermon I preach. <laughs> On Facebook, you guys, Danielle. I get all, I get all kinds of, oh, look at my fan mail. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Because it's what I say that matters. It's what you say. And then, if we can get what we say to line up with what God has said about you now. He said, keep my words in your mind. Now, life is going to be good. When your words and his words become one. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit when your words and his words line up now 
Now you will speak with authority and know it, and your body will obey you. Your situation will obey you. Yeah, let me tell you one quick testimony. When I, we were in Africa, I was acting like evil Knievel, and I was on this motorcycle and doing Mach 1. I, I crashed and burned, broke my foot bad. I mean bad. And uh, if we were in America, I'm sure I would have had surgery and 50 million pins put in it. But there, they didn't even have a cast. And so Stephanie, who had a clinic, she went and got a cast from her office and took it to the hospital. That's what they called it. I beg to differ. But anyway, that it was a hospital. But anyway, it had hospital written over it in Swahili. What's hospital in Swahili? Where's Monty, Vicky? What she said. And man, it, I, I had so much trouble with it. They took the cast off, and to make a long story short, it was painful, and it wasn't fixed right after the fact. And I, I, there are questions in my mind, like, you're going to be crippled for the rest of your life because they didn't fix it right. And uh, so I was really fighting the doubt in, the, in my mind and everything and the pain in my foot And because uh, every night uh, I'd have to, I was popping Advil like M&M's. So anyway, the Lord gave the, just blew up this scripture, Habakkuk. Chapter 3, he says, I'll make your feet like hinds feet. You'll walk in high places. Man, that blew off inside of me. I started meditating, thinking about seeing myself. I saw myself running. I mean, I saw myself climbing. I saw myself doing stuff I've never done before. I saw it, and all of a sudden, one day I got up, man, and I was walking like I am today. This is the thing. That was... How many years we were in Africa ago? It was a long time ago. Since then, it's been about six to ten times that foot would just flare up and just pain would come to it like it was back then. And so I had a choice. I could say and agree that, man, it's, it wasn't fixed right, it's this, but I refused to say that. I would look at that foot and I said, I refuse. You were healed. And you're going to be healed, and you're staying healed. I refuse to accept that you are a bad foot, and what happened was not fixed right. No, and I would do that, and say that, and speak that, and believe that. Sometimes it would take five minutes, sometimes an hour, but it would always leave by the end of the day. I didn't do that once. It didn't come on me once. My point is, it, the devil's not just going to go, oh, he really believes. He's going to come up and go, Hello. What are you going to say? Oh, I thought I was healed. I thought everything was all right. I'm telling you, you have the ability to fight the good fight of faith because of the greater one who lives in me is much greater than he that is coming against you. Fight this fight. Don't accept things that come on you. Don't accept poverty. Don't accept sickness. Don't accept the bad report. I'm not saying deny it. I just, you know, I didn't break my foot. I didn't break my foot. No, honey, I broke my foot bad. I broke it bad. I'm not trying. You just, faith is not saying the opposite. It's saying what God has said about you. That's what faith is. And agreeing with it. And you can agree with it because his faith is in you. Listen to me. There's somebody here that says, I just need... I need more faith. You don't. 
just need to use what you have inside of you because it's the greater one who's already in you. Do you think you need more faith in Jesus? Don't think so. I got to stop. I'm 15 minutes over. Let's stand. I just, I just fit, want to make sure somebody out there is getting this. Get it. Because God, your Father, loves you so much, He wants you to have more victory. He wants this year, the rest of this year in 2020, He wants this to be the healthiest year you've ever had in your life. He wants this year to be the most prosperous year that you've ever had in your life. Every year, you need to have the mentality, this is the best year I've ever had. And when January 1st, 2020 comes, you need to say, this is going to be the greatest year I've ever had. Start speaking it. Start seeing it. Start seeing yourself blessed. Start seeing yourself healthy and whole. Picture it. Close your eyes and picture it. Start seeing yourself as one who has true authority. I speak to my body and my body obeys me. I'm telling you, my body obeys me. You say that, you talk it, and you speak it, and you see it. You see yourself limping and hurting or bleeding or something, something wrong with it, and you see yourself picturing, pointing to your body in the mirror saying, Michael, you are healed. Stop it. That pain I speak to you, you're not allowed to be on this body. Did you know pain and sickness is illegally on any body, physical body that's righteous? That's why Jesus never did have to fight off a cold. He knew he was righteous. Why? I really, this is my opinion. I believe that God, there's no story in the Bible that says Jesus fought off anything that came against him. A symptom that came against him. And people think, oh, it's because he's the son of God. No, 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 no. The Bible says he laid down everything. I believe it's because he knew who he was. And if you know who you are, you'll never be sick another day in your life. You go. I just don't believe that. Yeah, that's true. You believe what you want to believe, and you get sick, and I'll come visit you in the hospital and pray for you. But I believe there is a place in him that you can walk in total health and never get sick. Am I there? No, but I believe it, and I'm, I'm, I'm walking better today than I was last year, last week. And next year, I'm going to be walking better than I am this year. Thank you in Jesus' name. Eyes to be opened today. Minds to be renewed. Hearts to receive. Father, what we have heard today, may it take root. May it take root and lives be changed and transformed. And may we be the healing, ministering vessels that will go and speak life to other people. Not just me speaking it, but all of us speaking life and to the hurting, to the sick, to those that are thinking about suicide, to those who are living in depression. May people that are hearing this message speak life into a dark world, into the depressed world. May people speak life to it and cause people's lives to be changed. In Jesus' name, amen.